Hey there, Jilted Indian Podcast listeners. This is Miranda. Pooja. And Anju. And we are here to discuss something that happened upon me one day. (laughs) (laughs) I was about to watch Thor Ragnarok at an AMC theater with my friend Jolene, friend of the podcast. Everybody say hi, Jolene. Hi, Jolene. Jolene. Y'all remember Jolene Jolene. from, yes. Remember Jolene? She is our Jewish lesbian friend from the sheet cake incident at the... There was no incident. There was no... The uh, premiere. The premiere (laughs) (laughs) of Pooja and I eating sheet cake at an anti-white supremacy protest. We love Jolene. Jolene is my friend who tells me about all things Indian before I find out about them because Jolene's more Indian than I am. Everybody needs that friend. Or you can look at it this way. That's how shitty of an Indian I am. So thank you, Jolene, for tuning me into my own culture. So... (laughs) Jolene and I are about to watch Thor Ragnarok, and there's like 30 minutes of previews almost before the movie even starts. And lo and behold, there's this epic that comes on, and it's featuring Indian people. There was yet to be a white person in there, so I'm automatically intrigued. I noticed beautiful cinematography. I noticed that the men were equally how equal can they be beautiful with women but anyway so like equally as beautifully depicted half as, as beautiful as half women. as beautiful as women no i was like wait all these men are hot looking wait what's going on and we're in an american theater and puja you talked about this about how sometimes locations that have high watch counts of uh, Bollywood movies will have Bollywood previews. Mm -hmm. So this was a Bollywood movie, but it looked to me like an American style epic, like the way it was shot. And so I was like, whoa. I feel like I read it was released by Viacom. Yeah, I think it's it's an Indian branch of Viacom. Viacom International. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, wait, men are being depicted as sexy. Hmm. Um, Women are empowered. This is weird. I need to bring this up to Anju and Pooja. So I look it up, and then there were a fuckload of news stories. And while, you know, I knew we had to bring this up for representation reasons, but I kind of, what was our conversation, Anju? It was like. Well, what did you discover when you saw the news stories? Well, when I saw a bunch of news stories, it was that there were protests with 100,000 people plus against the showing of this movie in India. And featured, or it was a a story about the Rajput community, and this particular movie is concerning a fictional Rajput queen. Uh, It's an actual historical event. Yes. The existence of the queen is Right. It's like those novels that write about Anne Boleyn solving mysteries. She existed. (laughs) But bitch got her head cut off. She right. wasn't solving I shit. mean, we don't even know if she existed. Like, presumably there was a queen a of million. this kingdom, but there's no historical record of her. We could fill this whole episode with animal and jokes. <laughs> but, like, this was Padmavati. The name of the movie was, and the, the name of the queen was Padmavati. And I was like, whoa, wait, there's, like, protests about this movie? And this is a movie starring uh, Deepika Padukona? we need to talk about this. This is kind of fucked up. And it was in the middle of the night and Pooja was being bothered by me and Anju going back and forth about this. Or she wasn't getting our messages. Yeah, so Miranda's texting me and then we had a chain of like a hundred text messages with Pooja just apparently her phone was getting bombarded or you were not getting the messages. They're still downloading. (laughs) So just so so you understand this, I didn't go into it. 
Anju did. I just did the Ramanujan. I was in the middle of something else, and she kept texting me about the story, and like, we really need to talk about this. And then I got curious, and I was in front of my computer, so I started looking it up. <laughs> right. So, like, I decided to do the Ramanujan and, and just kind of go, here's what I theorize the truth about this is. I think that this is white, sorry, fantasy bullshit, and they can't handle the fact that a woman owns her own sexuality, and this woman is probably being depicted as someone that is contrary to their ideas of what a woman should be, which is disempowered and small and pure, which is dangerous to women. And then Anju actually went into the history well, of it. Well, she, she hypothesized that. My theory was that it had to do with Hindu nationalism and anti-Islamic sentiment in India. So my theory was that because the invading king in the story is Muslim, the kingdom he's invading is Hindu. And so my theory was that it was about hating Muslims. After seeing Raj that, put women warriors. Yes, Raj, women I was yeah. delighted by the idea of the empowered woman, but at the way that they did it, it was a very man-heavy trailer. Yeah. I was kind of like, what are they? She was like just... eye candy for most of it. Yeah, why are they putting in the Rajput women or warriors thing? Because I Well, th- no, I'm... that is actually the story, though. I just kind of thought that it was like, okay, I don't know anything about this woman. It felt like a trailer to <laughs> appease the dudes. And it was also kind of 300 Game of Thrones-ish appealing to the eye type of movie trailer. They did it well. I'm interested. I'm here. So on the one hand, I'm very excited about the thought and the concept behind this movie because Indian people have a lot of epics, right? Like, we have a lot of epic stories. It could be, like, the auntie who always wants you to get married to the... The epic of my goddamn life. Exactly. To the Mahabharat or something like that. The point is, you don't see epic caliber Bollywood movies like you do this. This looked like... Lord of the Rings. This looked like 300. It was appealing. I mean, they do appealing to the American. They do them occasionally. Devdas was one. That palace scene with all the deers and the and the thalis. That was the Devdas palace. So you know, we have the scenery. It was just like very cohesive. You know, when you watch Bollywood movies, how everything is aligned. All the dancers do their motions in sync. Everything is in sync. Even the background people. This was that on an epic scale. You know, like, so there's a reason for everybody to be lined up and walking in sync this time. They're part of an army. You know, like, okay. But anyway, I think before we move on, we should talk about the actual story of Padmavati. The origins of this story is in 1540 Common Era, the poet Malika Muhammad Jayasi wrote a fictional tale about the conquering Aluddin Khaljit, who is the Muslim brother in this movie, played by Ranveer Singh, I think, plays him. Yeah, Aluddin. So um, here's how Padmavati is presented in this poem. Padmavati, or Padmani Rani, was a princess of the Singhal kingdom, which is Sri Lanka. The Rajput ruler of Chitor heard about her beauty from a talking parrot <laughs> and then proceeded to win her hand in marriage. His name was Ratan Sen. And in the trailer we just watched, he is played by Shahid Kapoor, who in his own right is everybody's fine little brother. Like, I don't find him attractive. He looks like a cute little brother. So anyway, so he won her and brought her back to Rajput and she became Rani. And then the Sultan of Delhi, um, he is the only real-life person mentioned in this poem, Aluddin Khalji. Well, no, um, Singh was also a real Singh, person. I mean, he was real, but in the sense that, like, the actions in the poem that describes revolving around Padmavati, that 
Right. The person is real. The events as described, not so yes. much. So Aluddin Kaji, the Sultan of Delhi, he invaded Chitor with the intention, according to this poem, of kidnapping Padmavati and making her his own. Then, in, also in the poem, Ratan Singh, the man who won her, was killed by a second man trying to kidnap her and make her his queen. And that was the king of Kumbalner, Devpal, right? So that, in the poem, this is what happens. But before all of that, before all of that, Padmavati decided to take upon herself the act of Jahur, Jauhur, right? Which is self-immolation. Not only herself, though, the people who believed in her and followed her around also decided, hey. All the other ladies. Yeah, let me go ahead and burn myself alive. So she did that, and then she becomes, you know, this signifier of Hindu and Indian purity, self-sacrifice, because as and womanhood. Miranda called it, it's the white sari fantasy. Exactly. I <laughs> fucking knew it. <laughs> so, so please keep in mind, this poem is 100% fiction. Written in 1540 CE. So the six- By a Muslim poet. Exactly. Can we just highlight that? Yes. And so get to the film. The film, as of today, today is uh, the 22nd of November for timestamp reasons, has been postponed from its December 1st, 2017 release indefinitely to uh, the amorphous sometime in 2018. And why? Why was it postponed, Bridget? It was postponed because upon not seeing a preview of this, the Rajput elders have decided that there is a dream sequence. They have heard a rumor they that there is a dream sequence in this movie in which... Pinnacle of Hindu woman purity, a Rajputian woman, a Rajasthani woman. Not who, just any Rajasthani woman, but one known for... Who doesn't exist. Practicing sati for having killed herself so that she didn't fall into the hands of the Muslim invaders. Who that, all died on the battlefield, by the way. But, yeah, so the rumor is that she dreamed of a romantic interlude between her and this Muslim king. So, Aluddin. Yeah. A dream that may be in the movie according to rumors, even though the director says it is not a sequence in the movie. And this so, is what has enraged them so much. The, the director is named Sanjay Leela Bakshi. The star we said is Sister Deepaka. And, uh, Deepaka. 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 Yeah. Deepaka. Sis. I'm going to call her sis. So sis. <laughs> <laughs> Both of them have had multiple death threats, as well as if you are Hindu. Oh, on top of that, the director's actually been beaten. Like, the Karni Sen, which is the Rajput group that is leading the protest, actually months ago burst into the studio and beat the shit out of him and a couple of other people. And on top of that, Ignance set fire to sets where they were filming. They've also set fire to theaters They're that, that had the nerve to air the trailer. This is what happens when you don't have a hobby. <laughs> yeah, Start like, cross-stitching. What else can you do? I, I mean, Beyonce. The fact that 100,000 like, people were so upset over a rumor of a dream sequence in a movie that they are, like, rioting like, in the streets. Learn how to crochet. Then, okay. <laughs> learn how to paint. Here is where my level of offense escalates both in real life and how it plays out in the preview. So Aluddin Kaji was the Sultan of Delhi. How did he become the Sultan of Delhi? He overthrew his uncle by like this Machiavellian, this predates Machiavelli, by it's- this Kaljian method of <laughs> securing power in the satellite areas of Delhi. And then he orchestrated an overthrow. He secured power by putting down a revolt against his uncle slash father-in-law, proving himself to be loyal 
Boyle, once he had solidified power, staged a revolt and murdered his uncle slash father-in-law. We should actually do an episode about his wife because she's a badass bitch. (laughs) He basically defended Delhi from Mongol attack five times. Yep. Five separate times. Years apart, this man was a warrior. And he achieved a decisive victory against the Mongols. And his forces ransacked their territories in present-day Afghanistan. Which is kind of a reverse of the way that story normally goes. Yes. And this is where the Rajputi people are angry, right? But this is fucking history. This is what angers me. The Sultan, he also defeated and subjugated and annexed various Indian states. Rathambur, Chitur, Malwa, Sivana, and Jalor. And Gujarat. The most recent, and Gujarat is also the most recent state to ban this movie. And then the other places in the area, he, he like basically shaked them down for money. Right. And these victories ended several Hindu dynasties, which is part of what they hate about him so That's much. why they hate him. So in this preview, we encourage you to click on the link in the show notes and watch it, portrays Aladdin Kalji as a savage. He literally, they're portrayed kind of like Mongols. Like they're like, but like these a sexy barbaric. Savage. I've got to say, yeah. you can't make this guy look ugly. He's fine. But they're portrayed almost like, like <laughs> He's Mongols. He's more fine with that fucking okay, big Andrew, scar in his Andrew, face. Bring, you, please. I'm just saying, Andrew wants to bring all the facts, but I'm just like, hold stop, on, hold, hold on. on. Just hold the phone. Hold on. He's like, we all though. agree. He looks He's super, hot. super hot. No, <laughs> we, we, need, we need 15 seconds on Ranveer Singh's beauty. Okay. Ranveer Singh, if you are listening to this, I am willing to. <laughs> For days. <laughs> but back to my primitive comment about this whole thing. It's like, wait, but you're fine, though. But you're hot, though. He's fine, though. Which is why I'm totally understanding of if there was a dream sequence. <laughs> we all agree that if Padmavati did have a dream sequence about him, it'd be totally legit, right? Like, yes. that's completely understandable. Yes. He, he was fine. Yeah. He's <laughs> fine as hell. Okay, now go back to your facts. He concentrated power. He increased the square mileage per capita of India, in my opinion. Right, but also the problem is that they portray him like he's like the Mongolian hordes, right? Like, the portrayed him being these... Yeah, a yurt and like horses in the desert and they're like barbarians. And this was the Sultan of Delhi. Like they were not barbarians. They were definitely pearls and swirls. That's what they were about. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, it's absurd to portray them that way. So clearly this trailer and this movie seems to already be very pro Rajput and very kind of anti-Muslim. I do not understand how anybody got the impression that there would be a dream sequence that would let a man eating what looked like a guinea pig carcass <laughs> with his hands be seen as a gentleman enough to seduce a queen. You yeah, know, that's like, the question. The thing that's amazing is that these people are are angry to the point of violence over a piece of propaganda that is not positive enough in their favor. Hot. Like. What? Hot take opinion. Hot take opinion. This is akin to white people being scared that their little white women will get raped, molested, and mauled by black men. That is how Indian people see Muslim people. Hindus see Muslims. And And that's gross. We don't ascribe to that. I need to say that up front. That's bullshit. It is gross. I'm just going to say, Miranda was right about the white sorry fantasy, but I was was also right about it being this whole Hindu-Muslim bullshit. It always comes down to that. And the nationalism. Both of those things. So we talked about how there have been protests, but the reason that it actually, the release got postponed, isn't just protests. The reason that it actually got postponed is because 
a government official, a member of the political party, the BJP, that is actually currently in power in India, put a hit out on Deepika. Deepika. Deepika and the director. <laughs> literally offering a reward for their heads. A, unattached from yes. their body. So Beheaded. Okay, that sounds kind of illegal, Anju. What? How is this going on? I don't know. Who are the barbarians now? <laughs> How ironic. So a little bit of backstory here. One of the things that was also said about Sis was that they were going to cut her nose off like Chupunkar. And Chupunkar essentially is a woman who tried to assert her womanhood and go after what she wants in the Indian epic of the Ramayana and is victimized at every turn by her brother and her love interest. So, granted, he was married at the time, but whatevs. To invoke that is akin to invoking something from the Bible, a punishment a woman received in the Bible, right? So that's Mm -hmm. what that is. That's backwards thinking, right? Of course. And two other things I want to point out. One, here is the IMDB summary of Padmavati. Okay. Set in medieval Rajasthan, Queen Padmavati is married to the noble king, and they live in a prosperous fortress with their subjects until an ambitious sultan hears of Padmavati's beauty and forms an obsessive love for the queen. This has caused riots in several states in India. This movie, which very clearly, when you look at the preview, hates Muslim people. I will not go see this movie because of that. I will not support it. I'm sort of torn. I want to show it just to, like, spite the assholes who are protesting against it. That's where I'll I'm write a, I'll write a letter. Like, fuck, I'm also, not watching there this. is no way you could make that Muslim man look non-hot. <laughs> he's he's hot. First of all, he's Indian. Even, he's Punjabi. While he's eating that guinea pig carcass. Wait, right. so, yeah. so wait. Back anyway. to the BJP leader who um, called them to be beheaded. You, as you might imagine... People were a little horrified by this, which is why the movie was put on hold. The BJP ordered him to explain. I'm not sure what you explain really about the fact that you have put a reward out for people's heads detached from their bodies. But he doubled down, just in case you thought that he might, you know, have realized he crossed the line. He did not. He doubled down. Today he issued a, a second threat, and here's the quote. The youth and warrior cast of this country have the strength to set every cinema on fire. End quote. Well, the poverty-stricken class has the strength to set every theater on fire <laughs> as well. Like, what are you saying here, you empty-shelled, small-penis man? I don't understand. This is a fictional story that originated as a love poem, okay? First of all, that also served in the, if you want to think of the Greek tradition, of heralding a warrior's you know, triumph. That's the function of this poem. So she never existed. Written by a Muslim. Written by a Muslim, which is, oh my God. And then also praising the value of a Muslim sultan who increased the landmass of the subcontinent of India. Let's ignore that. And then also, not only was victimized five times by Mongols, by the end of his life was having armies attack the Mongols in Afghanistan. That's the, that is his legacy. And it's being shown as a Lothario rapist on screen when that doesn't even occur in the movie. So for that reason, I'll boycott this bullshit. I'm boycotting bullshit. And so that, that's the other thing. To go back to what Anju was talking about, the Karni Sen, they are the Rajput caste group, are they not? They're a specific group that is part of the, the uh, Rajput caste, yes. So to, <clears throat> for our non-Desi listeners, here is what this is akin to. This is akin to the KKK 
pledging violence and burning down of theaters for the gay scene in Beauty and the Beast. Except that they're not even the KKK because they're not even seen as being a bad... Like, we all, you know, more for the most part, reasonable people understand that the KKK were bad. And they're not held up in esteem. Oh, they're patriotic. The, the Rajputs the... are held in esteem. They were the warrior caste in the kingdom of Rajasthan and, and parts of North India. And they still are very powerful and very honored. And they haven't even seen the movie. Like, they're still oh, waiting no. to have permission <clears throat> to watch the movie. The attack- Can we talk about the irony that Bollywood is populated with lots of Muslim dudes? Hmm. Salman Khan, Shah Rukh Khan, <laughs> entire, yeah, no, no, no. Speaking of Shah Rukh Khan, the whole Khan family is like, we're for this director and we're for this film. The stars of both of this movie, Shahid Kapoor comes from the Kapoor dynasty, like I believe. Before we even get into more about the BJP and just nationalism and populism in general, let's not forget the real victim here is the fictional character of Padmavati. <laughs> so, who may or may not have existed. Exactly. Who not only was she one by the Raja Ratansen from her home country of Sri Lanka and brought to Rajasthan. She was then... Interesting. So she would actually have been dark-skinned. Yes. Interesting. Yes. Mm. And so the um, Aluddin Khalji then fought for her because of a rumor of her beauty. And then the king of Kumbhalnar, Devpal, killed her husband because, again, of rumors of her beauty. And... Sounds very Helen of Troy, does not the Greek stole this. <laughs> um, we already have had one episode where shit wasn't original. Let's just keep that theme going. Yeah. Well, let's just, like, it could be Joseph Campbell, you know, like everything is connected. Yeah, this is all one story. Yeah. Pangea, basically. I believe. Right. Pangea, uh, so I, I get love it. Joseph Campbell's writing. Padmavati is just, she's beautiful, an object to be won or stolen. She has no agency. In the movie. She has no agency. In the movie, she's a warrior, so to speak, by by sacrificing her life because she has no agency. That's her only. The version of the story that I heard was that they didn't have a third party. It was actually Elodine captured her husband and used him as blackmail to get her to surrender, which she did not. So she sent a group of soldiers to go rescue him. And this is kind of the 300-ish. It's like some small group. They succeeded in rescuing him, but Elodine sent his forces after them. Then he killed Ratna Singh on the field of battle after he escaped. In that version, of the story she does have some agency and she does get to be kind of a warrior like a badass like she refuses which, which, to surrender she sends the team that goes and rescues her husband to bring him home. Was that the Rajput version of it though? Because there's Persian versions too. I, I'm not really sure whose version. I thought that was the, the poem so mm-hmm. that's the version of the poem that I heard so I, I'm not sure. So yeah in this version she did actually have some agency she was actually kind of a heroic in her own right and then she kills herself once she all hope is it. lost once yeah. her husband has died then she kills herself in order to keep from falling into the you know hands of the barbarian Muslim horde. I want to also make this point, which kind of will be our bridge into the Hindu nationalism, I feel. There are many occurrences in the Hindu tradition of women sacrificing themselves or performing purity tests in almost all the books. There's a story surrounding Drupadi, the Mahabharat, where they questioned her purity and she asked for help from God at the last minute and Krishna granted her an unending sari. So when these men in open in an open royal court tried to uh, disrobe her, her sari just wouldn't end, right? So that's one. Another one, there's like the goddess, the queen, the consort of the god Shiva, 
the gods when he was absent for a time sets herself on fire to prove that she was still a virgin mm-hmm. and then there's stories of that even in the Ramayana which is another Hindu text about Sita which is like I ain't got time for this I set myself on fire but at the end like there's a chapter where she's all like what more do you want from me I set myself on fire like there's <laughs> that one thing to me it's very easy to see why Hindu nationalism is tied so closely to Hinduism and to a larger extent why the story about the actual woman this movie is named about is not told in this story in the movie or the poem it's not told yep um so i wanted to talk about the group that is leading these protests the karni sen which their full name is the sri rajput karni sen and that's shortened to srks or karni sen and their entire existence they are part of this rajput caste group founded in 2006 and as far as I can tell, their entire existence is based on protesting depictions of... Globalism? No. In media, depictions of anything that might smack of a Hindu woman having a relationship with a Muslim man. Does they had to freak out of, about. Does this sound familiar, American South? <laughs> so this is not the, their first rodeo. They have done this several times. There have been several movies and TV shows that they've protested. They have generally failed to prevent the release of the things that they cared about, though they have at least succeeded in keeping them from being released within their groups, Gujarat, Rajasthan, places like that. This is the first time that they are not only calling for the movie to not be released in their states, but they are actually threatening violence if it's released anywhere in the country. I... I don't have the energy to spearhead a massive North American campaign to make this movie the biggest Bollywood <laughs> blockbuster because I don't want to see it because of its portrayal of a Muslim man. I don't want to see it for that reason. But if it did the fair and even-handed portrayal, I'd lead the revolution to make sure this was the number one gross Bollywood movie out of spite. Out of spite. So the Karni Sen is Suraj Pal Amu, the man who demanded... Um, that she that's the member of the uh, of BJP. the BJP who okay. who called for the head of Dibika okay. and uh, Sanjay. So what's Andrew? What's the difference between Karni Sen and, and BJP? So Karni Sen is a group that, as far as I can tell, like I said, specifically protests these media representations, and they are a, a part of the, of the Rajput caste, which is very powerful, particularly in Rajasthan. The BJP is a political party like our Democrat and Republican parties. And the BJP is a party that is currently in power in India. Prime Minister Modi, it's his party. They are a party that is founded on, amongst other things, they're, they're part of something called the Hindutva tradition. Yeah. Yes, that's right. For those of you who don't know, they're Hindu nationalists. And those of you who don't know Hindus, that's not what we believe in. <laughs> so according to the party... Hindutva is cultural nationalism favoring Indian culture over westernization. Thus, it extends to all Indians regardless of religion. That sounds very benign, very positive. It's, you know, about Indian primacy or whatever. Post-colonialism unity. Yeah, India first, basically, whatever. Make India great again. However, scholars and political analysts have called their Hindutva ideology an attempt to redefine India and recast it as a Hindu country to the exclusion of other religions, making it a Hindu nationalist party in a general sense. And this is absolutely true. They're in control in multiple states throughout India and, of course, the larger federal government. And in the places that they are in power, it's like Trump in power here in the U.S. There's been an uptick in violence against marginalized groups, against lower caste members, against Muslims. There have been laws passed that target Muslim groups, specifically having to do with Muslims eat meat. Obviously, and Hindus don't. 
and that's something Hindus do I eat meat right but they don't because they are not just Hindu they represent a very specific type of Hindu ideology that is localized it's extremely conservative it's tied to the Brahmin traditions which is the highest caste in Hinduism and it's part of like North India so it's very specific very regionalized I guess I wouldn't even say it's regionalized I feel like the caste system in India is insular to India we are all diasporic And I grew up in the Caribbean, and the first time I learned about the Hindu caste system was when we moved to America and we studied Hinduism and social studies. I was not raised with the belief that people are separated like that. And I believe, like, the true teachings of any religion will teach you about equality and love. And so I am appalled that this is even a thing. Like, what is the mutation and manifestation that happened then made this a thing in the 21st century. Well, and that's the thing. So this is something that I've been following. The BJP I've been following since they took power in India a couple of years ago. With Modi taking control, which was like two years ago, I think, that's really when they solidified their, mm-hmm. their control on the country as a whole. And being that my family is Christian, it has been since pretty much the early days of Christianity, and as is Miranda's, this is something that concerns me. A group that feels that only Hindus belong in India and the rest of us are either invaders or misguided and need to be brought back into the true fold that's problematic this makes me angry so like i said it it concerns me because i feel like my family my family in india is directly impacted by these people being in power i feel slightly better for us because kerala as a state is not is not a state where the bjp has control or has power so we're somewhat protected i guess a little bit from the direct influence but mm-hmm. but you know like if they're they stay in power and if they enact the policies that they they claim to believe in that that's a problem in the long term okay this also has resonance in the sense of the bastardization both of the myth of padmavati and the bastardization of hinduism right as a faith because i've been raised to believe that it is all inclusive. And That's all, what I've always believed. Even problematical Gandhiji said stuff like, you know, I love your Christ, but not your Christians. You know, like, yes. It, Hinduism accepts all religions as valid, which is the reason, like, even if I were to come upon Hinduism as not being born into it, I'd probably adopt it. I've always thought Hinduism was so cool. And I studied religions a little bit when I was in college, and I took an Asian religion class. And one of the things that I learned that I always really loved was that my professor's kind of broke down the world philosophies into three categories. And one was conflict dualism, which is like the Western religions. And mm-hmm. that's the idea that everything is... A good everything, god versus a bad god. Right. You've got god versus the devil. You've got, you know, good and evil, right and wrong, you know, heaven and earth. Like, everything is an opposite, and those opposites are in conflict. And there can only be one winner, right? That kind of encapsulates the philosophies of the Western world, right? Mm-hmm. Christianity, Judaism, Islam. And then there was what he called complementary dualism and this was like eastern religions like buddhism and Taoism. yeah and it's the same idea that everything is binary but unlike western theology where those things are in conflict and only one can win essentially in eastern philosophies it's like in yang you have to have both and they have to be in balance for the world to be right essentially right so that was eastern philosophy and then the third category was actually exclusive to india and he called it monism and Basically, it was the idea that there is no duality. There's no binary. Like, where it's just one big, hot mess of things that can conflict and kind of contradict each other, but they all kind of exist as one. And I always loved that because that was so representative of India to me, which is this one big mess of things that conflict and, and contradict each other, but all exist at the same time. 
And the way that I was taught Hinduism, and Pooja, you can correct me because you would know better than I, but the way I was taught about Hinduism is that popularly for people who don't know it, it's thought of as being a polytheistic religion. I was taught that when I moved to America. I didn't know that practicing in my home country that it was polytheist. That's crazy. So yeah, it's not actually polytheistic. In fact, the truth is that it is monotheistic. There is one almighty god and all of the gods and goddesses that we're familiar with in hinduism are just aspects of that one god and basically it's like you pray to the the one that speaks to you like you know they're all just faces of one god and you just pray to the one that means something to you it's just a different avenue of getting to the same place the beauty of that spirituality is that god is what you need right right all faiths teach you that God is in you. God is humanity. So there's multiple layers of beauty in that thought. Right. But that's not what is another ongoing theme of this And what's great about that is is that mentality, that attitude allows for Christianity and Islam and Judaism and any other faith because those are all those gods are still just aspects of this one God. It's still just another path. It's like Gandhi said. It's like I love your Christ, but not your Christian. Right. Right. So it's, you know, and I grew up in that faith. The the part where I can see it gets corrupted is that, okay, yes, it believes in this oneness of all humanity, which is the beautiful part of the faith. But then it also goes into power of human beings. Exactly. Who holds the power? The caste system. And that's the caste system. And so, like, I, you know, I mentioned earlier, growing up in Trinidad and my mother... I come from a very religious family. There are priests on both sides, so now you know my cast. But there are <laughs> priests on both sides of the family, well-respected, renowned, you know. So I grew up very religious, and I was never taught the caste system. Like, when I found out about it, I came home angry at my parents. I was like, why don't you tell me this exists? We don't believe in that. Well, what's your caste, mom? My mom is the business people caste. My father is the Brahmin caste, which mm-hmm. is the priest and the decision makers. And even that it possibly is a false narrative because we are, you know, indentured servants. So what did our papers say in a language we didn't understand? Like, whoa, 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 whoa. Anju, yes. what about that California jurisdiction? Exactly. Right, and so that's the thing. We're talking about casteism and we're talking about Hindu nationalism. And there's a thing that's been going on in California um, about middle school textbooks, textbooks for fifth and sixth graders in social studies and how they teach about Hinduism and the Indian civilizations and cultures. And there was a group of Hindus that were, as you might expect, part of the upper caste Brahminical Hindutva tradition who were really offended by the way that Hinduism was portrayed and which they felt was racist and bigoted and set their kids up for being bullied because it talked about the caste system and the oppression that is endemic to India because of the caste system, which they like to pretend has nothing to do with the religion and it's not even oppressive that it's just a, a division of labor based on your skill set. These Hindu groups have been protesting against the school board for actually like 10 years. This first started in 2005 and 2006. They kind of lost or compromised on the first round and then they brought it back up recently. And um, they were, they were um, lobbying for changes to basically erase talk, any discussion of the caste system as being oppressive or being connected to the religion of Hinduism. To talk about, this is one of my favorite things, for those of you who, who do or don't know about this, but there's a whole thing in, in India about the Aryan migration, right? Because we have northern Indians who are white, who are lighter skinned, and who are racially connected to Europeans, and then south Indians who are darker skinned, who are part of the Dravidian people who were already there. And the story, the myth, the history there is that 
there's there's conflicting stories. Originally, it was thought of as an Aryan invasion into North India, which pushed the Dravidians south. Now, I've heard versions that it wasn't necessarily an invasion, but that it was sort of a migration, and it kind of more or less worked the same way. Regardless, one of the things they want to change is they want to pretend that the Aryans were actually native to India and didn't come in from somewhere else and didn't. Apparently, we're just going to forget the Dravidians were ever there. That's cool. Speaking as someone who's descended from Dravidians. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm descended from, and this offends me in several layers. <laughs> they want to erase that. They want to portray the Muslims as the invaders into India who didn't really belong there. And to erase the existence of other religious minorities and the, the lower untouchable caste, like the, the Dalits, who were the untouchables. So they wanted these changes made. There were a group of academics and also peoples of these minority groups who were like, um, hell no, what the fuck? This is propaganda that erases all of our existence and it's historically inaccurate and we shouldn't be teaching them to children. I personally signed this petition. I don't know if anybody else did. I think I did too. Well, they made a decision last week and we lost. The board decided to accept all of the changes that the Hindu organizations were pushing. I love twofold of this. I feel like textbook companies and school boards will accept these changes because they realize we fucked up in the past and caused a lot of pain. But now the people who are going to capitalize on the wrong of their agenda being presented will, I mean, they're going to capitalize on that because of the shame. We can juxtapose that to in Texas. We don't even have a multicultural. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, this is just like what has been happening in Texas. White Christians have been doing the same thing, changing history books to tell a version of the story that makes them look good and erases everybody else. So this is just the Indian version of the same damn thing that is happening. Yeah. And so it's, I mean, it's disgusting to watch something that preaches the oneness of humankind of to be connected to your fellow person and always do good by them and yourself and to live by a moral code is being bastardized i'm sure any faithful person would say it's being bastardized for political purposes like that is that is a grossness i cannot handle and it's not just hindus versus muslims which you know Tale as old as time. Uh, <laughs> Tale as old as time. You know. Seriously, though, I mean, I feel like Hindus have hated Muslims longer than Christians have. Rising in the <laughs> east. And it's probably because they couldn't eat meat. Like, let's get down to it. Like, people hate people for stupid fucking reasons. True. You know? And, and, and people price and sing this song of- LeFou is gay, <laughs> and Alabama didn't show this movie, even though the gayness wasn't overt or even sexual. <laughs> or gay enough. It, okay, do, off topic, do, guys, do, off topic. Do, I mean, assuming it's part of it, you didn't see it. You that's banned true. it, you know. But, that's true. But, okay, so like we were saying, so it's, you know, we, we likened PM Modi to the populism movement that um, the Russians puppeted Trump to lead. <laughs> uh, let's be real. And there was a time and point where there were there are a lot of um, even without Trump, we definitely have had a problem of right wing Christians exercising exercising their power to rewrite the problem the narrative is, of this country. The right wingness doesn't is not conformed to a religion. It's conformed no, to it's not a movement of conservatism that manifests as populism because conservatives think everybody wants to live as sheltered as them. Right, so we got Christianity doing it here with the Republican Party and Trumpism. You know, we're dealing with something right now in America, and we have been for a while, where the evangelical conservative wing of the Christian faith dictates 
an entire political party. And we're reckoning with that. The soul of America is being fought for right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, but it's not just the U.S. We've but got, it's not just the we've US. got ISIS with doing the same thing in Islam in the Middle East. We've got. Uh, the, gro- the gross thing about ISIS is that people believe that that's the normalized version of Islam. And even ISIS is an extreme version of what is already the same problem, which is in places like Saudi Arabia. There are already other places that are doing a less extreme version of that, that this extremely conservative, extremely fundamentalist reading of Islam that is... The commonality here, the commonality here, and I bring this up because it's a little bit... I mean, it may be the same in Myanmar. These parties are led by men. The BJP has three ministers who are women who are in the upper echelons of the party. Three. (laughs) One of whom is Maneka Gandhi. And that's kind of a fun story, but I won't digress into it. But she was a daughter-in-law of Indira Gandhi, who Indira Gandhi hated. Oh, that's right. And Indira Gandhi was the head of the Congress party, which is the BJP's rival. So I find it interesting that she basically was spurned by the Gandhi family and went, oh, yeah, okay, and then went over to their, their rivals, basically. We talked about Hinduism, Christianity, Islam. Islam. Let's talk about one you never think about when you, in terms of violence. How fucking crazy is it that Buddhists are even doing the same goddamn thing? I, this shocked me. So in case you guys don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about Myanmar, which is a, which is a majority Muslim country and their genocide of their ethnic minority of Muslims, the Rohingya, who they have literally been murdering and shoving out and burning down their homes in order to make sure that they cannot come back. And nobody's doing shit about it. Bangladesh, which is one of the poorest countries in the world and it borders Myanmar, has been taking these refugees, which is unsustainable. And India has refused to accept any of them. Thanks to the BJP. Currently, there are about 1.1 million Rohingya who live in Myanmar or formerly Burma. They speak Rohingya or Rohingya. There's a double G and an A in there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a dialect that is distinct to others spoken in the Rakhine state throughout Myanmar. So, you know, there. this is a very, it's a small nation in Southeast Asia. And not only have they for years been pushing the Rohingya. They have been stateless, by the way. The Rohingya have not had official status within Myanmar forever, for a exactly. long, long time. So. Which makes it difficult for them to, like, get jobs. Yes. Like, they don't exist, pretty yes. much. In the, on the opposite end of the spectrum, you can think of them as if the Nazis never put the Jews in ghettos. This is how countryless they are. And then if you also think about, you know, they have no income except migrant work like the Americans do to any um, Latinx person. So, so we're saying that the advent of, not the advent, the resurgence of populism, which is what we should be... Is a cancer is on a, the world on in the world. every faith, in every part of the globe. Um, I also just want to mention real quick the Rohingya, just because I feel like it's relevant. They also got fucked over by the British during partition. They actually should have probably just been part of Bangladesh, but the Brits were trying to write draw their lines quickly when they were on their way out and they left them in Myanmar which is a largely Buddhist nation. So like Indian and Pakistan. Right. But yeah, if they had just drawn the lines separately, Rakhine could have been part of Bangladesh and they would have been fine, but they instead left them stranded in Buddhist Myanmar, which is now why they are in this situation. And the thing that, that flabbergasts me about Buddhism, and I will admit I don't know beyond the Gautama, you know, you know, his story, I don't know much about the different sects of Buddhism, but I did look it up. And Myanmar practices Theravada Buddhism, and Theravada Buddhism emphasizes attaining self liberation 
through one's own efforts. And meditation and concentration are vital elements on the way to enlightenment and the ideal road is to dedicate oneself to full-time monastic life. So if you are busy expelling human beings from your country because they don't want to have a monastic life, are you a Theravada Buddhist or are you a terrorist? Well, it's the Buddhists who are doing it. I mean, it's the priests who are... Who You're are a terrorist. It. But what I find amazing is Buddhism is a, is a faith that basically thinks that all life is suffering. Like the existence, our existence is suffering. Their tenet is supposed to be to not add to that suffering. Exactly, but Theravada Buddhists, they created a Buddhist state in the fact that Theravada Buddhism relies on the advice of senior monks of the faith. So you created a religious state. The... Predatory nature, the attacking nature, the poverty creation nature, the man without a country rubric is not something you expect in, and I hate to say this as something, but in a developing nation when you need every hand on board <laughs> to prove you're not a developing nation, to develop as a nation, what the fuck is this? And this is my general disclaimer that we are not of Myanmar or, you know, we don't live in India. We don't live in any of these states. These are our opinions based on observation. And I will honestly say that I am for the, you know, I am very glad I don't live in India because I can form these opinions that I feel are somewhat objective based on reality. Safe. Well, that I'm safe. But also, like, I feel like if this only happens because people want to be insular. They refuse globalism. They refuse other opinions because it would just shake them to the core. And this is, unfortunately, like people have told us, wiser people before us have said, this is the conclude. This is expected. This is the expected part of the revolution. Like this is the last gasp of this type of thinking. And I honestly hope it is. God, I hope so. Uh, so I put on a Facebook post. So I was like, watch this trailer and tell me what you think and the reaction of one of my friends was like it's so beautiful looking I'm which it is and it is i'm already interested and then i said okay now google it and she immediately started erasing all of her comments i'm like no way don't erase comments. <laughs> i'm like no don't erase anything like your it is beautiful that's completely valid got you because that's what they were aiming it for they were aiming it to western audiences no duh however when she read articles her immediate reaction was this is insensitive to rajput people except we're like here going what the no fuck? No. no it's not it's not insensitive to rajput it's insensitive it's to it's women no surprise <laughs> yeah we are not surprised about the misogyny it's insensitive and nobody to... be feeling bad for the rajputs <laughs> people who are trying to hang on to a caricature of women it's like Uncle Sam. He never existed. You're loving Uncle Sam. Like, that's what you're doing. You're defending to the death the myth a myth created by a man who is your sworn enemy because he is Muslim. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? This is a, almost a thousand-year-old story. Like, it doesn't yeah, matter. Like, and how many American stories are completely bastardization and that's, and that's what's hilarious to me is like how incredibly offended they are supposedly because it's historically inaccurate and I'm like every movie ever is historically, it is historically inaccurate. inaccurate it's a fucking movie they're trying to make it interesting nobody lines up to bet who wins best documentary ain't nobody calling for <laughs> yeah. ain't nobody calling for beheadings over that shit what the hell man I believe in free speech and this is ridiculous. You don't yeah, get to silence here. people with threats of violence. That's fucking yeah, crazy. Like, how many American stories are You don't bullshit, like the story? Fucking do your own movie. Like, how hard is that? 
they probably broke and ain't got no damn money. Because they're too busy putting out death threats for Deepika. So like just anyway, and burning down sis. Fuck you guys and your white sorry fantasy bullshit. Sis, first of all. If you happen to hear this, <laughs> hit us up at Jilted <laughs> on Twitter, on Facebook. On We're Instagram. really sorry for our multiple we are so sorry. I, I'll for give mispronunciations you like of your I'll name. I'll give you eight dollars of the movie directly in your pocket, but I'm not gonna see this because this is a erasure of a fictional woman character which like nobody takes into account she was one objectified and fought over watch the trailer and let us know what you think yes and and watch it don't watch it but I don't think as a result of any like fictionalization of true events or non-true events of poems based on true people there should be any there should be no death rights issued you what did I tell you, Miranda? I was like, this is if like they were real life Trojans being pissy about the way that the Trojans were portrayed in a, in a movie about the Odyssey, like or the Iliad. Like that's how that's what this is like. That's like, why I said this was like <laughs> Troy. Like yeah. you stole fucking Helen. Like you're treating it's, her like Helen. It is of totally Troy. like Troy, but it's like if there were real life Trojans who were pissed off about the way they were portrayed. That's what this movie would be. If you have strong opinions on nationalism, if you disagree with us, come at us correct. Otherwise, you know, we block and we will, uh, uh, well, I will publicly shame you if you come at us crazy. So, um, and if you're shocked to hear me speak this much in one episode, uh, no, encourage we love on Andrew you to speak, speak in more episodes, in episodes. Yes. Uh, tweet at us for any reason, but then again, be careful what you say because I will screenshot it and send it to your workplace if you cuss at us. <laughs> Um, without remorse. So thank you for listening. This has been the Jilted Indian Podcast with Pooja, Miranda, and Anju. And go in peace and power and, and come in love and courage. Yeah, yeah, don't fucking put out hits for amazing dark-skinned actions. Don't call for people to be beheaded in general. Though. Also, yeah. sis, as a rule. Sis, sis. Open invite. Also, Ranveer <laughs> <laughs> Call me. Also, also <laughs> an open invite. Signing. Also, for different things. Are we signing off now? Uh, okay. We shouldn't while okay. I sexually harass people. Oh my people. god, yeah. Okay, please stop. <laughs>